At WakeMed MyCare 365, we deliver convenience others only talk about every day of the year. Primary care and urgent care under one roof. Multiple locations, virtual visits, walk-in or schedule an appointment online. From annual physicals and routine care to sinus infection, strep, or the flu, we couldn't be more convenient. Learn more about our kind of care and our kind of convenience at wakemed.org. Jarvis worked this off the boards. He kept in and a shot to score! Deflected out in front! Jordan Martinuk is red hot! Carolina ties it at one! Now it's a chance here for Natchez and his shot right on. Lyon makes the save. Oh, Marty Natchez has had some jump after missing the last five. And now Natchez with some speed. He'll cut to the middle of the rink. Natchez holds, shoots, save, Lyon. Fearlessly cutting to the middle. Great chance, good hit from Orlov on Rasmussen, who's been very good. That's a heck of a chance cutting to the middle from Natchez. Teravainen tries to center it. Instead, he'll give it away and Sprong using his speed. Two on one for Detroit. Sprong pulls up and what a defensive gem by Jacob Slavin. See, by leaving his feet, I think he's allowing back checkers to get back. Now a chance for Svechnikov back in. Rebound chance for Teravainen and Alex Lyon denies that opportunity. Now here's Costin with it. Dropping it back and then trying to make a play. Pesci dives and knocks that pass away. Boy, the Hurricanes have got to get better with their puck management inside the Detroit blue line. That's a goal-saving play from Pesci. Andrew Kopp drifting into the Kane zone. He'll drop it back. And that shot by Fisher is swatted away by Ronta. He has not seen a lot of vulcanized rubber tonight. That is just the sixth shot. Now make it seven. Now Natchez with a chance. And he scores! Welcome back! Carolina goes up two to one. Two burns back to Ajo. Looking for putting out front down score on the power play. You wanted it to answer. And Andre Svechnikov has it for you. And the Canes look to clear, but it's kept in by Detroit. Worked around the boards. Spawn forward. Now Natchez has it. He'll lay it for Ajo. Empty net. Bingo! Welcome to the Canes Corner Podcast with your host, Adam Gold. The Canes Corner Podcast is a part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. And now, here's Adam. Oh, it sounded like fun at PNC Arena tonight. And welcome to the Canes Corner Podcast. I am Adam Gold. Thank you very much for hanging out with us here, I guess in the aftermath, if I could borrow from the show that I just finished doing, uh, in the aftermath of a 4-2 Hurricanes win over the Detroit Red Wings. And Carolina needed a win tonight because it was an opportunity to gain ground on the Rangers who were not playing. And Carolina now has drawn even in terms of games played with the Rangers. Uh, 44 apiece an opportunity to gain ground on the Philadelphia Flyers who have played one more game than Carolina. So the opportunity there, they gain two points and now within a point of Philadelphia Flyers. What a story they are. What a year they're having. Uh, Rangers on 58 points, Flyers on 56, Carolina on 55. Uh, Those are your clear-cut top three right now in the Metropolitan Division. So thank you very much for spending some time. This is the Canes Corner Podcast, and we're brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina on Hamlin Road in Durham. So a bunch of things I want to get to. I also don't want to ignore some of the comments 
and I know that there are trade ideas out there, and we are, let's see, what is today? The 19th. We're about six and a half weeks away from the trade deadline. March 8th is the trade deadline. Carolina needs two things. They really only need two things. They need a right-handed center, and they need they need a goalie of some kind. We don't know what kind of goalie they need. But I will say that barring me not be missing somebody up here, if you think that Elvis Merzlikens is the goaltender they need, either you're not paying attention to Elvis Merzlikens or his contract ain't happening. John Gibson isn't happening. Jacob Markstrom isn't happening. The goaltender, I think, that Carolina will most likely pursue if they determine they need a goalie, and I think we all agree they do, I think that goaltender will be in the building on Sunday when Carolina hosts the Minnesota Wild. And it will be up to Marc-Andre Fleury whether or not he wants to get traded. He has not given an indication that he does. So the Wild are not yet out of it, even though they are seventh in the Central Division and have struggled. Although, won a big game against Florida tonight. we get, we got to stop just looking at, I don't even know what to say, honestly. Merzlikens hasn't played well enough to keep the job. Uh, Daniil Tarasov is now the goalie, the number one goalie in Columbus. And Merzlikens is also a kook. He's crazy. Carolina doesn't need crazy, especially when we don't know if he's good, if the goalie they bring in is going to be the number one. So I wasn't going to start with goaltending, but I might as well. And then we'll get to the game because we're already here. Adam Golden studio with my friend, Jeff Monsine, who used to be the owner operator of the aluminum company of North Carolina. His dad was as well. Sammy Hanna is now in charge. Let's talk about windows, or are they winders? I like to say winders because you look like a winder guy. Yeah, but if you're thinking about custom-made windows, bay and bow windows, garden windows, double-hung sliders, all the windows are insulated, super energy efficient, tilt-in for cleaning. Give the aluminum company a call. One of the great salesmen will come out, give you a free no-obligation estimate. Ryan can tell you a little bit more. Can I talk to one of the great salesmen? Yeah, talk to him. I have Ryan Monsignor here. You know him. Do you have a favorite window? We do. My favorite's the double-hung window. Like Jeff said, it tilts in, easy to clean, and it's Energy Star rated, which means it's going to make your home a lot more airtight, a lot more energy efficient, too. Very good. I like airtight. I like energy efficient. And I like the fact that you called your dad, Jeff. Aluminum Company of North Carolina on Hamlin Road in Durham. 800-672-4348 800-672-4348 and aluminumcompany.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Here's what we don't know. And I guess it's worth pointing out that the Hurricanes took off waivers. A goaltender from Columbus, mind you, Spencer Martin, who's really just a backup. He's probably an AHL goalie only, but he's got about 50 some odd games of NHL experience. And he is more apt to be the backup occasional starter here 
than Yanni Peretz, who was who will be sent back to my guess is Norfolk of the ECHL tonight. He might be on a bus now. I don't know why I said bus. You could fly to Norfolk just as easily. Actually, a lot easier, especially as close as we are to RDU. So Peretz will get back to uh, the ECHL and play games. Ideally, I think they would send Peretz to a team in the American Hockey League and let him play games against better players. Not that they're trying to fast track him to the NHL, because I don't think that's the plan, but I would like to see him play against better players just to see if he can handle it. At the very least, he's going to go back to Norfolk in the AHL, and that's where he'll be. Uh, He needs to play a couple of seasons in the minors before they determine whether or not he's an actual NHL prospect. He certainly is good at stopping pucks. He did that at the college level. And if you look at Peretz's history, his save percentages are all very, very good. Uh, But they add Spencer Knight. uh, Spencer Knight. (laughs) Spencer Martin. He becomes the backup until Pyotr Kachetkov comes back. Talked to Trip Tracy about this before the game. And Trip is uh, of the mind that the reason they claimed this kid off waivers is because they don't think Kachetkov is going to be better by next week for the back-to-back, and I agree. And honestly, next week's the last week before the All-Star break, so you're just trying to get through basically one game where you need the backup. Ronta will either play in Boston or at home to the Devils. You decide which is the more important game. I would say the Devils game is the more important game, but it probably doesn't matter. And whether Ronta plays in Boston and Martin plays here against the Devils, who knows? But that's that's what's going to happen. And then against Arizona on, what was it, Saturday, I think it is? I think Carolina plays Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday next week. Uh, And then Ronta will get back in, and then everybody will rest for a week. It's actually more than that. Carolina's next game after that wouldn't be until the following Tuesday. So it's about 10 days off while Sebastian Ajo is strutting his stuff in Toronto, uh, and then everybody's laying on a beach for a few days. I think what Seth Jarvis said, he was going to Mexico, right? So they need a goalie for one game. Hopefully... After the All-Star break, Pyotr Kachetkov will be healthy. All right, now let's think about this in terms of what kind of goalie Carolina might need. And let's all agree, they need a goalie of some sort. Because I said it today on the radio, and I've been saying it for a long time. It isn't so much about, is Carolina's goaltending good enough? It's, is Carolina's goaltending durable enough? Kachetkov's hurt. Kachetkov got hurt last year. Ronta is not hurt now, but wait a minute. And for the third consecutive year, we are looking at a lengthy absence at some point of Frederick Anderson, who hasn't played since the very beginning of November. And at the earliest, won't come back until the beginning of March. And that's assuming he steps on the ice tomorrow. Uh, I saw Freddie in the press box today. Freddie didn't really talk, and that's fine. I'm not trying to get any information of him from him, but uh, Freddie isn't apparently any closer to getting back on the ice than he was when Don Waddell told us that he had been cleared by the team's doctors to resume working out and skating. Not ready to do it. It will be Freddie's call. Let's keep this in mind. Not being critical at all of, of Anderson here. This is not an injury. This is a condition And this is a real-life matter. So uh, we all have to just go, Freddie, 
It's entirely up to you. And the Hurricanes need to take care of themselves at the same time. So the longer we go with Freddie not skating, the more we realize or have to assume, I mean, Freddie might not come back. And we all agreed back when the condition was announced that he might not come back. All right. So now, what is Pyotr Kachetkov when he returns? We've seen the best of Kachetkov up until the uh, the game what was it against Anaheim where he got injured. We've seen the best of Kachetkov in that 10-game stretch where other than the one start against the Islanders, he's been spectacular. We've seen that Kachetkov. That Kachetkov, we would hope, would be able to carry the Hurricanes in a postseason run, certainly with support from the Ante Ranta we have seen of late. That would be fine. Still need another goalie because durability. But if Kachetkov can be the Kachetkov we saw for, you know, basically from the middle of December on, if that Kachetkov, well, then they don't necessarily need somebody who can be a number one. They need somebody who can support. Be a third goalie here. Remember, we have to assume that Freddie is not coming back. I'm not sure that can't be Marc-Andre Fleury, but it's not going to be somebody who is winding his way out of Columbus. And frankly, I'm not sure is great anyway. John Gibson is a very good goalie, but Gibson's got, what, four years or three years left on a contract? There's the, the contracts here matter, right? They don't, they don't not matter. I'll tell you a name to keep an eye on. And right now, the Nashville Predators are in the playoff race. I think there are, they're holding down a wild card spot in the West. But if Nashville slips in the next four or five weeks, because we're about seven weeks away from the deadline, I wouldn't be surprised if UC Soros is made available. They've got a top prospect, Askarov. The kid they drafted, actually right in front of uh, Carolina's. Was that when Carolina drafted Seth Jarvis? I think so. Anyway, they've got Askarov, and he's the goaltender of the future. Uh, Soros has one more year left on a contract that pays him $5 million. At the very least, you could trade for him for the rest of the year. And then if you wanted to move him in a deal, you probably could. But you could also keep UC Soros for a year. It certainly wouldn't be the worst thing in the entire world. Anyway, just a name to keep an eye on. But I still think the more likely scenario is a Jake Allen from Montreal or Marc-Andre Fleury from Minnesota. So we'll all get a chance to scout Flower if he plays on Sunday. Got three, what, three-time Stanley Cup champ. He might be energized here. He certainly, good chance he wouldn't face a lot of shots. Ante Ranta only saw 12 shots on goal tonight. That's it. It was 13, and then they took one away. <laughs> it ended up being 12 was the uh, was the final. All right, one more. Uh, no, we'll get to the other trade uh, issues later on. Let's quickly talk about the game, which Martin Natchez summed up beautifully in his bench interview with Hannah Yates when he basically called it not a great game, tough to watch, ping pong for 40 minutes. I couldn't have said it better. I put up on Twitter right before Natchez made it 2-1 when it was 1-1 with about, oh, five or so minutes left in the second period. I just went, growing the game tonight at PNC Arena. It was a difficult watch. Carolina had the puck but couldn't do anything with it. Detroit barely had the puck. It was just 
It looked like a rec league game, a house league game. It was not a, not awesome to watch. The third period was actually good. And it was good from Carolina's standpoint. They generated some opportunities. Not great ones, but they generated some. But I just thought it was the most fluid of the three periods. Everything, without having much power play time, Detroit had the one power play late in the second period. Carolina had one power play in the third. It was still kind of a choppy game, I thought. So it was good to see uh, Carolina kind of fight through it. And I guess they're coming to understand that there are many games where they've got to grind it out. And that was, I mean, good for them and good to commit to it. And I think that's really what you've seen from Carolina over the last several weeks. They have committed to playing their game and doing what it what they're supposed to do and not trying to do stuff that gets them in trouble. Although, and we'll get into the goals in a minute, I thought they created both of Detroit's goals. Not not really Detroit. I thought Carolina created both of Detroit's goals. All right, let's talk about the return tonight. To uh, After five games on the sidelines, we saw the 88 car in action tonight. And this is why Martin Natchez is one of the great teases in all of the NHL. And why Carolina has a very difficult decision if we get to the end of the season and I'm just saying this, and he's still here because depending on who Carolina goes after, and I'm not even talking about a goalie, I could see the demand being 88 in return because the talent is obvious. But tonight is the kind of a game that makes you go, that's a player we want to keep. Because for the most part, I thought he was smart with the puck. He brought it to the right areas of the ice, and he was responsible defensively. So... Natchez has had some good games before, but mostly his good games are born out of watching him wow you with skating. Today, he just played a really solid game. And then when he plays a solid game, all of the other natural abilities that he has that almost nobody else does, all of that stuff just looks better. It becomes more effective. And I said this to Tripp before the game. I said it to Rod. Natchez, Nason, and Drury is a thing, and I've got proof that it's a thing. Let's just compare the ice time of the two centers named Jack Drury and Jesperi Kotkaniemi. Drury, 15-28. Kotkaniemi, 11-16. Carolina's fourth line tonight was Kotkaniemi, Bunting, and Faust. Carolina's third line tonight was Drury, Natchez, and Nason. Significantly so. And the biggest difference came in the third period. Ice time was almost identical with all four lines through 20, through 40 minutes. Almost identical. The big difference came in the third period. We did not see a lot of Kokaniemi, Bunting, and Faust. In fact, Bunting played on the power play. Uh, that was, I mean, I can go back and look at shifts and all that. But for the most part, Rod Brindamore went to three lines in the third period. It was a definite, definite difference. Natchez makes a difference on that line. Jack Drury and Steph Nason make a difference every night. That was Carolina's second best line in terms of puck possession tonight. Ajo Svechnikov and Tara Vinen destroyed 
destroyed Detroit tonight with the puck. Now, they didn't necessarily generate tons of chances. It was one of those nights where the puck was just a little off. Uh, And I also think Detroit does a good job of clogging things up. They blocked a lot of shots tonight, too. Uh, But I thought Ajo, Svechnikov, and Taravina were great. And I also think that the way that line is playing adds to the chemistry on the power play, even though Taravina is not involved. Um, And Taravina made a couple of strange passes tonight, but... Again, he's so good defensively, and I thought he made tons of great defensive plays. But on the power play goal, Ajo gets the puck from Brent Burns, and he knows he doesn't have an angle to make the diagonal pass to Svechnikov, but he does see Bunting right at basically the, the, you know, not not the high slot, but the slot, and he's trying to just uh, ram it into Bunting's stick blade and see if he can't get a deflection. That's the way I read the play. And uh, it goes off bunting. I think it might have hit Alex Lyon. Comes back to Svechnikov, who punched it through. There's your goal. That's your power play goal. And it happened, uh, you know, pretty much right off the faceoff. Uh, not right off the faceoff. They passed it around a little bit. But I was very good in the faceoff circle again tonight. 11 uh, and 7, about 61%. Uh, he's been at about 58% over the last month and a half, two months. Uh, I think he's Carolina's second best face-off guy now. I mean, he's just doing all the all the little things you want your best player to do, your all-star to do. Uh, but that line has chemistry. And Svechnikov is the goal scorer right now that we know he can be. I think he's got 11 goals or 10 goals in his last, in the 13 games since coming back from the break. Aho, uh, Svech, Aho, and... Uh, Natchez each had a goal and an assist tonight. Uh, the empty net goal, Ajo to 16th, snaps five-game, or rather a six-game goal drought. Uh, but, you know, you should have goal droughts like Sebastian Ajo has, uh, where he's gotten almost a point a game in that. Uh, so he gets two points tonight. Uh, Svechnikov, obviously those that, the, that line has been great. And it was good to see Natchez uh, really really play well. Let me get into the goals Carolina allowed tonight, and I'll explain why. I thought they were really complicit on both. The first one, not really a uh, mental mistake, a physical mistake, where Jesper Foss just couldn't uh, gather a puck that jumped over a stick in the neutral zone, uh, and Carolina, I think, was pushing a little bit uh, to try to make a play offensively, and it ends up uh, getting free, and all of a sudden it's two-on-one, and Brett Pesci's a little bit behind the play, and he can't get back, and Brady Shea didn't play the two-on-one all that brilliantly, and it's a pass across to Clem Costin, whose shot is sort of saved by Ronta. Hits him in the glove and just kind of trickles out and just kind of drifts over the line. Probably one that Ronta would say, yeah, you know, I had it, I should have had it. So that's the Rod Brindamore, you're there, but you're not there when he's got a defender who's in position but still doesn't make a play. So that's the first goal. Carolina gets even on a Jordan Martinook deflection goal. Not even sure he saw the puck. I didn't see a replay uh, online. It was not a uh, not a good night for NHL.com. I didn't see a replay of the goal. Uh, but my my initial reaction is it just hit Martinook and, and went in, and that's fine. Uh, Martinook is now on a four-game goal streak. Yeah, Jordan Martinuk goals in four straight. But I thought the second goal 
after Natchez makes the play where he cuts to the inside of the ice uh, and rips one far side past Lyon to make it 2-1. Was it middle of the uh, middle of the second period? Or was the or late? It was late. This is with three and a half minutes left, roughly. So bad call on Jacob Slavin to send him to the penalty box. I didn't believe. I don't believe there was a hold uh, or anything close to a hold on Lucas Raymond. And Carolina wins the defensive zone faceoff or wins the puck, and is starting out on a two on one or th- it's actually three a three on two or whatever down the ice. You have a shorthanded opportunity, except where Carolina started to make the offensive play, which was really a mistake. I think it was Jarvis who made the mistake. Uh, I think he looked like he was trying to pass the puck to Brady Shea. It's really not a play to make. You're far enough away from the net. It's not a clear lane. If the puck doesn't get through, it's going the other way. The puck didn't get through, and it went the other way, and two-on-one beats Ronta, which frankly, even though he got his glove on the first one, I think the second one you should have. You should certainly play it more aggressively. And while Ronta was not deep in his net, he was down. Who was it? Uh, JT Comfer. The pass back wasn't available because the defender was there. I think it was, who was it? Pesci? I think it was Pesci. The pass back was not available. So you got to attack the shooter a little bit more than Ronta did, uh, and he didn't. Either way, uh, Ronta only allowed two goals tonight, so it can't be uh, it can't be all that uh, all that terrible, right? But uh, if we're going to say one of the goals he should have had, I would say the second one more so than the first one, and the first one he almost had. To me, Carolina was complicit in both of the goals. Poor decision on the second one, unlucky break, but it was a it was a breakdown. That led to the, they were both odd man rushes. One quick thing about three defenders tonight that I thought was excellent. I thought Jacob Slavin was awesome tonight. I thought Brett Pesci was awesome tonight. And I thought Jalen Chatfield was awesome tonight. Chatfield played almost 18 minutes, not that far below what Slavin played tonight and what Burns played tonight. Carolina's top defensive pair in terms of time on ice were uh, Pesci and Shea. And they were both minus players, by the way. They were on the ice for the first Detroit goal. But I thought that those three guys, I'm singling them out. I thought those three guys played exceptionally well tonight. And watching the game from the uh, from the press box, we got a pretty good view of a lot of things. And I'm telling you that J- uh, Jalen Chatfield's speed is a game saver at times. How many times did he cover for Dmitry Orlov tonight? Uh, there were two instances where his speed canceled out an icing call or uh, or got them an icing call, didn't cancel it out, got them an icing call when he was behind the play. That kid's got to be signed. Must be signed going forward. He jumps into the play. He's got a pretty good shot. Got a quick release. I love everything about Jalen Chaffee. He's not perfect. I've seen him play some bad games. Tonight was not one of them. He was one of my three stars. Uh, All right, we've already talked about goalies. Let me get to uh, one more thing, and then a uh, a request will be fulfilled. Carolina needs a right-handed center. They don't have one. On the roster, they do not have one. Seth Jarvis takes some face-offs. He's not awesome. Martin Natchez takes some face-offs. 
He's not awesome. Steph Nason takes some faceoffs. He's not awesome. They have no right-handed centers. I know where one is, and he's on the trading block, and he wants to play here, and he used to play here. Elias Lindholm is a great player. He is worth whatever Calgary really wants for him, within reason, obviously. And by the way, if anybody thinks they're trading Brett Pesci, get yourself drug tested. The Hurricanes are not trading anyone in their top six. You do not trade elite defensive defensemen. You don't. Not going into the playoffs. You want to trade somebody like that in the offseason? Go ahead. They are not trading Brett Pesci or Brady Shea or Jalen Chatfield now. They're not doing it. Not doing it. If they want to trade Dmitry Orloff, I'll sign off on it. Not that I would have to. But if you want to trade Orloff, I'll sign off on it. And you could put Chatfield on his offside and play D'Angelo. I would not hate that, by the way. But D'Angelo is obviously available via, you know, for a trade. And I think D'Angelo will get traded if they don't move somebody else. But they're not going to trade one of their top five defensemen. I can see him trading Orloff. They're not trading one of their top five defensemen. I think Carolina is more apt to go add a depth defenseman at the deadline. That would probably be a smart move. They don't really have another defenseman that they trust in the minor leagues. Again, I'm assuming they're going to try and trade D'Angelo. Dylan Coughlin can't come up a play. Honestly, what I would give up for Lindholm, I would give up Kokaniemi. Term on his contract, still a lot of potential, and he's super young. So I think there's value to a team like Calgary. I would give up a first-round pick. And if they really wanted, as much as I, uh, I loved watching him tonight, yeah, Natchez would be available to me. If I can get Lindholm, and I know I can sign him, Aho, Lindholm, Stahl, Drury down the middle, sign me up now. Sign me up now. Yeah, that's you do that. Lindholm is an every-situation player. He's a plus face-off guy. He's strong. He's got a mean streak. Plays in the middle of the ice. Wants to play for Rod Brindamore. What are we doing? 28 years old? Yeah. 28 years old. So, that's my take on that. All right, final thing. So the reason I chose William Peace was because of their stellar game design program. It's very rare to find a game design program in the United States at all, let alone North Carolina. And this place seemed like the right place for me for where I wanted to go and the connections I could make uh, within the program. Turn your hobby into a career in one of the highest paid professions in the country with William Peace University's Simulation and Game Design Program. Master design, 3D modeling, and programming in a state-of-the-art space with the latest and most remarkable technologies available. Find out more at peace.edu. Did you know that your unused medications could end up in the wrong hands? It's important to keep your medication secure in a locked location, such as a locking box or locking cabinet. When it's time to dispose of them, safety and properly dispose of old, expired, or unused meds by using an at-home disposal product or a medication disposal box in your community. Don't miss out on medication take-back events happening near you. Don't let anyone take what's yours. Lock your meds. Be aware. Don't share. Learn more at lockyourmeds.org nc. 
And a question from somebody on Twitter, and I will answer it here. And the question was, what does NHL 500 mean? Uh, and sometimes we go, we, we just rip stuff off here. We just go and we just assume that everybody understands everything. And frankly, there are a lot of things I don't understand, but I understand this. And, to, and this is what NHL 500, like Carolina, is 11 games over NHL 500. And their record is, if I go to it now, 25, 14, and 5. Well, that 5, that last column, overtime losses, how do you feel after it? It's a loss, right? So really their record is 25 and 19. But because you get the point, so it doesn't really, it's not really a loss. It's an almost loss. Games over NHL 500 are really how many points do you have versus how many games you have played? Carolina has 11 more points than games played. 55 points in 44 games. Carolina is 11 games over NHL 500. In reality, they're 25 and 19, right? 25 and 19? Did I get that right? Yes, 25 and 19. But because you get the point for those six losses or those five losses, you're not plus six, you're plus 11. So that's what I mean by NHL 500. How many points do you have in how many games? The Rangers are 14 games over NHL 500. They have 58 points in 44 games. Boston, against whom Carolina will play in Boston on Wednesday, Boston has 63 points in 44 games. They are 19 games over NHL 500. All right. With that said, we're brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina on Hamlin Road in Durham. Thank you very much for spending some time with us. Thank you very much for considering the Aluminum Company for all your exterior home improvement needs. I hope you had a good time watching the game tonight. I hope you had a good time listening to this tonight. Kane's Corner Podcast, again, uh, we're here on YouTube after every game, except when I'm uh, being a soccer dad. And you can always get this podcast wherever you get your podcast. Apple, Spotify, which I might be switching to. I've been an Apple podcast guy, but for some reason, the podcasts aren't loading on Apple right now. So I might ditch them and go to Spotify. Uh, wherever you get your podcast, Kane's Corner Podcast is there for you. Give us a rating, give us a review, subscribe, like, caress, do what you got to do. Uh, just make sure you get it uh, because you don't want to miss it. Do you? I don't know. Thank you again. And we'll see everybody Sunday evening after the Hurricanes and the Mark Andre Fleury, Minnesota Wild. Good night. You've been listening to the Canes Corner Podcast with Adam Gold. Yeah, I want to drive to Zamboni. Yes, I do. The Canes Corner Podcast is a part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. At Wake Med MyCare 365, we deliver convenience others only talk about. Every day of the year, primary care and urgent care under one roof. Multiple locations, virtual visits, walk-in or schedule an appointment online. From annual physicals and routine care to sinus infection, strep, or the flu, we couldn't be more convenient. 
Learn more about our kind of care and our kind of convenience at wakemed.org. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.